Are You Just Watching is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design from djosephdesign.com, where you can get website design, presentation design, website hosting, or podcast production and consulting services. You have a message that deserves to look great. So make your next message look or sound great by hiring djosephdesign.com. Are You Just Watching is also brought to you by dkingdesigner.com, where you can get a book designed for publishing So you can have something that you can take to a publisher and they're going to be like, wow, this looks great. It's already designed and everything. Let's print your book right now. So check out dkeendesigner.com. Are you just watching? Initial reaction 7, Iron Man 2. I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm E. Franklin. Welcome back to another episode where we share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. We're interrupting the flow of our podcasting because I know we've got part one of Ice Age out Mm -hmm. there. So we're going to split the Ice Age into multiple Ice Ages, (laughs) get a little uh, evolutionary there, and we're going to squeeze this one in, Mm -hmm. And because Iron Man 2 came out at the time of this recording and posting, Iron Man 2 came out last weekend. Right. And unfortunately, we didn't get any press passes for it, so that's why we couldn't release an episode the weekend it came out. Mm -hmm. But we did get to see it, Mm -hmm. and I thought Iron Man was really cool, the first one. And then we went to see Iron Man 2. Now, Iron Man 1 was cool. Yes. What did you think of Iron Man 2? I liked it. It was fun. And it had some interesting messages in it. Yeah. Uh, a little bit different from the first one. There, yeah, there was a little of the same, but yet there was some different stuff, too. And um, now from an entertainment perspective, mm-hmm. because like we always say, you got to enjoy the movie first. <laughs> Let yourself enjoy the movie. And then, if you can, then go back and rewatch it. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, it with when we do thinking. initial reactions, we have to try and do it all at once. <laughs> yeah, that's why our initial reactions are only one episode, whereas mm-hmm. everything else is now always two parts. <laughs> so, what did you think from an entertainment perspective of Iron Man Two? I thought it, it it provided just the right amount of of action and romance, and it it was it was fun to watch. I didn't feel like it was too long. I didn't feel like uh, there was any part of the movie that I dropped out of, and I, I was glued to my seat the whole way through. Mm-hmm. So it was good. I liked it too. Of course, I'm a guy. I like things <laughs> when they blow up. I like <laughs> technology. 
I like cool suits. I'm not, I've never really been a superhero fan, mm-hmm. but Iron Man doesn't really have the, the same kind of characteristics like superheroes do. Mm-hmm. He's a human. Yeah. It's not like he it's, has it's superpowers. Techno- it's technology driven super. Yeah. Hero. I guess it's more believable to mm-hmm. me in that sense because technology is pretty advanced now. It can't do some of the things <laughs> that we've seen. But it's still an awesome movie. I think in terms of the storyline, there were some plot holes. And by the way, I should mention here before <laughs> I say anything, this is our initial reactions. And if it's not obvious already, we are going to give some spoilers. Oh, yes. In this. Yes. Iron Man dies. No, wait. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't want to be spoiled, then turn this episode off and come back to it later. If you don't mind being spoiled, then go ahead and listen to this episode or whatever. Right. Okay. So I thought the whole thing about, uh, well, first of all, the colonel, the Mm -hmm. black guy is different. It's the same name, but it's a different actor. Yeah, from I thought the first he looked movie. different. I was like, "Wait a minute, is that the same guy?" Yeah. yeah, I think he still played the part well. Yeah, he did. But I thought the whole thing about him stealing the suit was kind of a stretch, and that the whole way that the second suit was stolen and then used and mm-hmm. modified and all of that. I think- I had always thought that they could only be powered by his his. Uh- device in his chest and that they were made exclusively for him because they had to uh, run off the device in his chest but yet when the lieutenant colonel Rhodey Rhodes put it on it was it had its own you know device in it Rhodey Rhodes thanks for I have imdb.com up on my screen I'm loading it right now always have (laughs) imdb.com open when doing a podcast like this yeah, and you know, the whole chest thing, I still can't get over that, that the reason he had that put in him mm-hmm. was to keep the shrapnel from passing through his blood. Right. Causing clots in his, fatal clots in his heart. Right. So, if it's all, by now, it's all got to be stuck on that thing or around that thing. Why can't <laughs> they just pull it out <laughs> and remove the problem altogether? Don't know. So he has to keep this thing in there, and it's killing him. In this movie, it's killing him, yes. Very rapidly at times, very slowly at other times. <laughs> well, I guess what it was is it's poisoning his blood, and he's finding ways to, to keep the poison from spreading, but it has to do with that core and it deteriorating, and so he stops it by putting a new core in, but he can't figure out how to stop the core from deteriorating. Right. Yeah, the core is... Uh, it's oh, it just escaped my memory what it is, but it's used in nuclear bombs. Uh, it's extremely rare material that is used in nuclear bombs. Uh, it's palladium. Oh, okay, well, that's <laughs> what I was thinking, but I kept thinking, isn't that what some engagement rings are made out of? <laughs> I've been, uh, yeah, I know all of these metals I didn't know. About existed before I started looking at engagement rings and now wedding bands and all of this stuff. So palladium is poisoning him mm-hmm. from the inside. Yes. And he's just burning through this stuff. Yeah, he's got like a little cigar box full of the little cores that he has to stick <laughs> so, in. Yeah. Would you like a palladium? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that stuff is extremely rare. 
and he's burning through it every couple of days or every few days. They don't really give you you an idea how long. It's a little messed up, the timing-wise, because you see at the beginning, his blood toxin level jumps within a few hours, Mm -hmm. but then it slowly rises at other points in the movie. Hmm. It's one of those things that Hollywood can speed up and slow down time at will. I think that one of the most impossible things demonstrated in this movie. I, at the beginning, when we're introduced to Iron Man, he mm-hmm. flies in, he lands. Forget the fact that he like hits the surface that he <laughs> lands on super hard and it doesn't crack or break or anything like right. that. Forget that. I'm not saying that's the impossible thing. I think the most impossible thing that we saw in this movie is in that scene, he takes off his helmet and has perfect hair. <laughs> no helmet hair. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that was something I noticed as soon as he took it off. I thought, huh, that, only in Hollywood. That and when he takes the suit, the suit comes off and he's got this suit on that's not even wrinkled. <laughs> <laughs> good starching. Mm. Now, during that same scene is... Uh, something that we can, if people who haven't watched the movie are still listening, uh, we can put out a little warning. There are a bunch of immodestly dressed dancers in that <laughs> scene, and it just kind of goes on for a while. Yes. But I did appreciate in this that they didn't have an overt sex scene like in Iron Man 1. Right. Yes. Now, Iron Man 1 wasn't exactly all that bad yeah. in terms of how sex scenes go, but there mm-hmm. was a sex scene in right. Iron Man 1. So I can appreciate that they didn't have that in Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. But I think the innuendo was a little bit higher right. in Iron Man 2. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, scantily clad women, yeah. period. So, And it there just seems to be... Uh, and par- part of it, I think, is portraying his playboy nature, is that there's always eye candy every yeah. which way you look. At his parties, at his office, <laughs> you know, his new secretary... Or personal assistant or whatever she From is. legal. Yeah, from legal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all eye candy from a guy's perspective. I'm, there's plenty of eye candy for a girl to watch, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't really noticed that. Of course, I wouldn't. I think that there's a good line in there that I can appreciate is there's a spot where he meets the new girl. Um, that is played by Scarlett Johansson, Natalie Rushman, or Natasha, as she also goes by in it, mm-hmm. from Legal. Mm-hmm. And she walks out and he says to his assistant, to Pepper, he says, I want one. And she <laughs> says, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, that's kind of cool, just that no. Mm, no, yeah. Kind of neat. But he, he's, and I think that's one of the things that we can discuss in this movie is his um, constantly wanting things. I mean, he, he basically lives a charmed existence. He has enough money um, to get anything he wants. He's He's got enough brains to make things for himself if he wants it. And uh, he just fuels himself. It's just like living for yourself. And um, the one scripture that I came out of this movie with was basically the whole of the book of Ecclesiastes because that has to do with the whole, you know, looking for pleasure. But one of 
if you go to Ecclesiastes, there's Ecclesiastes 2, and he says, it says, I said in my heart, come now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I searched in my heart how to cheer my flesh with wine, my heart yet guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly, till I might see what it was good for the sons of men that they should do under heaven all the days of their earth. And then he says, I made me great works, I builded me houses, I planted me vineyards, I made me gardens and parks, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water to water therefore from from the forest where trees were reared. I bought men servants and maid servants and had servants born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks above all that was born uh, that were before me in Jerusalem. I gathered silver and gold, and and he just goes on and on about all the things he's done. And and to me, that is exactly <laughs> what Tony Stark is doing in this movie. It's like that whole idea of I want one. It's like I anything that he wants he makes. You know, he he builds this big expo, he uh he builds himself, you know, cars and race cars and you know, suits of armor. <laughs> uh he wants a pretty girl, he gets a pretty girl. You know, it's just his his mentality. And Solomon when he wrote Ecclesiastes, he goes through all of that and and his his um final conclusion at the end of all of that was then I looked at all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was no profit under the sun. And I think that that is an issue that's actually dealt with in this movie, because as we, we've we already mentioned, um, Tony Stark is dying. Mm-hmm. He has this blood poisoning that's going to eventually kill him, and he is facing his existence with a new attitude because he is looking at his life. And he is going, what do I have left? What is my legacy? What am I, what am I leaving behind? Because I have pleasured myself all of my life. And what am I leaving behind? And legacy keeps coming up again mm-hmm. and again and again in this movie. Especially when his father is brought into this. Mm-hmm. As he reflects on what did his father do in the kingdom in a sense that his mm-hmm. father set up and the traditions of his father and then the message that his father left for him in a video that the explained, greatest thing i created was yeah. you yeah and that that's uh, you know of all of the empire that you build the greatest legacy you can leave behind is your children to, mm-hmm. to future generations that's or, amazing amazing message or your students mm-hmm your, your, could which could be your children, but mm-hmm. if you don't have children, then it's your students, right? The people that you teach, that you train, that you disciple in mm-hmm. the faith, especially. Right. I think also of a parable that Jesus told in Luke 12, where it's one of the rich men in scripture, and it's and This is starting in verse 16. Jesus says, And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? Mm -hmm. Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grains and and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now, who will own what you have prepared? 
So is the man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. And what we need to be doing is storing up those treasures in heaven, investing in our next generation and our students or in our children and not setting up just treasures for ourselves. Now, that's not to say that it's a sin to be wealthy and have Mm -hmm. great success or to build new bonds or expand Mm -hmm. your business and such, but it's when that's the focus. And like in this parable, that was the focus Mm -hmm. of the rich man is that you just thought, I've done so well, I need to build bigger spaces, not thinking about what, leaving what, a legacy. What I can, and what can I, good can I do with this excess? Can I help out a neighbor? Or can I help right. out, you know? And I think that's one of the things that, that Tony Stark is actually doing right in this movie. You see him trying to build a legacy mm-hmm. um, by reopening the uh, expo that he had. I, I can't remember what the name of it was. The Stark Expo. Stark Expo. A one-year-long expo. Yes, one-year-long expo bringing all the brightest minds together to benefit humanity. And it was something his father had started, and then when his father had died, it had it had died out with him, and it hadn't been done again until now. <laughs> Tony is facing his own mortality, and so he decides to bring the, the Stark Expo back. And then also, another thing that he does is he hands his business over to Pepper Potts and mm-hmm. puts her in charge of it. And I, I think that that was a rewarding of her, but I think it was also his recognition that the company could be better run by her. And so it was his way of trying to make sure the company stayed in good hands and not, uh, you know, like given over to the military or something like that. Mm -hmm. Now he didn't want to give his own technology over to the military. Mm -hmm. And his reasoning for that is one, he didn't consider it a weapon. Right. And two, he felt that the military's justice wasn't quick enough, it wasn't effective enough, wasn't accurate enough. Like we saw in the first movie, mm-hmm. where the military would not go into that section. Right. And he did, right. though. Mm-hmm. And he effectively did what the military couldn't do and had no casualties, no civilian casualties. And of course, the most famous line in this movie is he successfully privatized world peace. Yes. <laughs> And he's taking complete responsibility for it. Credit and responsibility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's saying he did this all by himself. And realistically, yeah, he did, mm-hmm. as the way this movie goes. Right. But there does come a question in this is it's basically going back to the same thing that we talked about back in episodes two and three of Are You Just Watching, where we talked about Batman Begins mm-hmm. or Batman Dark Knight. As we talked about vigilante justice. Right. In Batman Dark Knight, it was justice within a legal system within a certain very localized area, mm-hmm. the city of Gotham. Here, Stark is talking about worldwide justice and worldwide peace. Mm-hmm. But he has competitors to that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always somebody, like they say, if you buy, if you build a gun, your opponents are going to build a bigger gun. And that's what we see at the beginning of this movie is that all of the governments across the country are trying to develop the same kind of thing that he has, bigger and better. And even uh, his nemesis in this movie, uh, Mr. Hammer, uh, has a, you know, his attempts to build, you know, a bigger and better and meaner and, you know, completely for the military so that he can get his contract and his money out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and you know Stark just makes him look foolish. And then it's just this this one Russian guy that just out of they basically look like that he kind of builds it the same way that uh, that Tony built his original suit in the first movie. It's like with just you know pieces and odds and bits and you yeah. know he working in a basement with you know no technology or money or anything and he manages to come up with something to rival what tony has invented mm-hmm. the son of a partner with tony's father right. that helped invent the arc reactor in the first place mm-hmm. and he's got this beef against tony this main bitterness that drives him for the rest of the movie to do everything he can to take out tony stark even if it means hurting people which i i don't necessarily think that ivan was a a um i don't think he was a criminal in the aspect that he was just out I mean, he's like like that that bad guy who just wants out to destroy people you know yeah. but i think um that he was driven by a a personal problem with tony and he didn't care who got in the way mm-hmm. and that was where he became evil was that he didn't care who died um, and who he squashed in getting to I me, mean, even his drone droids and his drones or whatever they were in the movie had self destructs in them so that when he got defeated, the entire thing blew up and he didn't care who was around when it happened. So um, very just negligent of, of who could be hurt. Now I forget which character it was that said this. Maybe it was the Russian guy. But a very interesting theological statement. Ah, yes, it was. It was the Russian? Yes. uh, When Stark meets him in the prison, when they first take him into custody, um, he had already battled with Iron Man in public. Yeah. And he he says, if you make God bleed, then people will cease to believe in him. And I don't know how good my Russian accent was there, but... um, (laughs) It was a good attempt. (laughs) Russian listeners, please let us know. <laughs> us at areyoujustwatching.com or 859-353-4332. Uh, um, but it's it's an interesting... Uh, I, I, had to, I wrote it down. I mean, I was sitting there in the yeah, dark. I, I got to get that word for word here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's one of the, the most memorable phrases in the movie. If you make God bleed, then people will cease to believe in him. Is that necessarily true? That is a very good question because in a sense one thing is that the reason he said this is it shows a weakness Mm -hmm. if he can bleed then he can be defeated he is weak therefore if he's weak people won't keep believing in him as the super person superhero Mm -hmm. and all of this strength but our god bled yes he bled for us he and, chose to bleed. Yeah. And not just bled, but gave his exactly. life for yeah. us. But the difference here is that wasn't the end for us. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus Christ was not defeated by death. He conquered death and rose again. Right. And so, by conquering that, yes, all, you know, all other gods, all of the others, these other false gods have died or they're just based on an idea or a concept Mm -hmm. or never existed in the first place or any of this all of these other prophets and such have died like they have buddha's bones somewhere i think (laughs) remembering it correctly they don't have jesus christ's bones right they don't have jesus christ's blood 
So yes, Jesus Christ bled. And certainly that probably caused a lot of people to doubt him. And in fact, on the cross, people were tormenting him or uh, not tormenting, but were um, mocking, mocking. Yes, him and saying, if you're really the Christ, then come down off that cross or summon the angels or all of this. Even one of the guys on the cross with Mm -hmm. on the crosses with him said that to him. Mm -hmm. But that was showing Christ's humanity, that he chose to go through that. But he is the only person to have conquered right. that. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, is that, yes, bleeding may show weakness, but conquering that mm-hmm. shows infinite strength. Yeah, and it's interesting because, at least in the context of the movie, Ivan is, is referring to Iron Man as God. And I don't think, though Tony Stark definitely is a narcissist and he has a hero complex and he has a <laughs> lot think? of, yeah, just a little bit. Um, I don't think he ever thought of, of himself as God. And so for uh, Ivan to be trying to take him down as taking a God down, I think that the fact that he stood up and fought back um, would, it, would maintain people's trust in him. I mean, Ivan did not defeat him. Even in the end, Ivan did not defeat him. So he always came out on top, which just made him look better. Um, so by testing him like that, Ivan really, and if, if anything, made Iron Man even greater because he came up with, against a worthy opponent and still won. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I thought it was interesting, going just briefly back to the hero complex, one of the things I took from that was yeah, I, I looked it up online because I was curious to see whether there was such a thing as a hero complex. <laughs> um, most of them say a hero complex is when um, people create an emergency just so they can save people. So they might burn a building down so they can save, rescue the people from the burning building so that they can prove to everybody that they're a hero. For me, I don't think Tony was not that kind of a hero. I think for him, if, especially you see it when he's up against the Senate and they're talking to him about um, you know, you know, giving the suit over to the military. I think for him, his hero complex takes the p- position of, I'm the only one that can do it right. As other people can try and do it, but I'm the only one that can do it right. And so I don't want to give this over to anybody else because I'm the only one that can do it the right way. Yeah. And so his hero complex takes the, is that he's the only one that can do it. So he's going to do it because he's the only one who can't. And I have a prediction here, because we see this happen often when a movie goes through trilogies and goes through these different things like uh, the Spider-Man series. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty mm-hmm. spirit before stumbling, or some say uh, before a fall. Right. The way movies go, Iron Man 3 will be... For some reason, somehow, Iron Man will turn to the dark side. <laughs> Spider-Man did in Spider-Man oh, 3. Yeah. And <laughs> You're right. You're right. And uh, Anakin turned mm-hmm. over to the... Oh, he really turned over to the dark side. He didn't even like, come the back. The real he wasn't dark redeemed. side. Yeah. <laughs> Not the, the... We'll call it the dark side. Yeah. And he turned over in the third Star Wars movie mm-hmm. of the prequel trilogy thing <laughs> of the bad Star Wars movies. But 
whether they do that, we'll have yet to find out. They they probably will yeah. at some point. But, you know, that's interesting that you brought up the pride comes before the fall because that was actually the first thing that crossed my mind at the very beginning of the movie. It was the first note I took. Had nothing to do with the the movies and what was going on in it, but it was just him standing before the Senate and talking about him being the only one that could do it, mm-hmm. that arrogance, that um, just God complex, I guess, that he had there at the beginning. That was the first thing I wrote in my notes was pride comes before the fall. Yeah, It's like I could just see them, you know, setting him up for that because obviously they had to. I mean, there wouldn't have been a movie otherwise, but um, and we, that kind of arrogance kind of just leaves you open for that. Yeah, and we partially see... Or we see a partial fall mm-hmm. during his birthday party. He's <laughs> completely drunk. Now, it's interesting that they do kind of downplay that, well, not downplay, but they do look kind of down on the fact that he's drunk and has lost control of himself mm-hmm. and he's a hero and he should be better than this and he needs to keep up his image and make sure that he's above reproach kind of thing. But he gets drunk and just ends up destroying the place around, scaring a bunch of people, doing some stupid things. He doesn't start out that way. It's interesting because he was he was building up to his birthday party, and in his mind, you see it in the, in, in the um, movie that he knows he's dying, and this is probably his last birthday. And he, he asks his new assistant, he's like, if this were your last birthday party, what would you do? And she says, well, I would just, you know, do what... She- What's her response? She said, I would do, or she said, do whatever you want to with whomever you want Want to. Right. Yeah. So she kind of just sets him up for it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, he's already wondering, he's like, what, how do I, you know, how do I handle this? This is my last birthday. I'm going to die. I'm not going to see another year. So what do I do? And she pretty much just sets him up for, for the behavior that follows. Not that he's as responsible for it by any means. So he's self-destructive, he's arrogant, but at some point he gets a renewed hope, or at least a renewed vision, and especially when he sees this video of his dad, and he discovers there's this new element he <laughs> is able to create. Now, don't you think it's just a little bit ironic that his father had no way to know that he was going to have this palladium inside his body, and that it was going to kill him, you know, in the future? And isn't it ironic that his father developed an element that doesn't exist? He, he somehow designed an element that doesn't exist that would be the exact key to curing his son. <laughs> wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> what a huge coincidence. <laughs> That's a Hollywood kind of coincidence yeah. there. Although there is something to say about the fact that the technology didn't exist back in his father's day. Stuff like particle acceleration, mm-hmm. that didn't exist. Well, what I don't understand, though, is, is that the, the, the arc reactor was what they were talking about, this, this power source that would um, fuel uh, the future, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked just fine on palladium. So why was he looking for another uh, element to run it with? I think because the palladium was burning out, not any toxic factors to it, but just the fact that the palladium would burn out and they'd have to get more. And a palladium is extremely rare. rare. Okay. So they needed a free energy source. And that's what this new element was able to give. 
but you had to create it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which can't make it very, I mean, it, to, in my mind, that makes it even more rare than palladium because you have to make it. Yeah. And you have to build this huge thing in your. <laughs> and somehow that makes it obvious what it is. I think that's Hollywood playing with this a little bit, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong there. A physicist can tell us if mm-hmm. that can be, if an element can be created just by looking at it in that sense. And then again, how did Stark know which things to cut out? Maybe it was, no, we needed the hot dog stands in there. That's an important part of the element. (laughs) (laughs) Hot dogs are everything anyway, so. A friend that went to the movie with us, he pointed out, when when we had left the movie, he pointed out that um, there was a a subtle mess, not a very unsubtle message, actually, his father kept calling that the expo the key to the future. He says the key to the future is in the Stark Expo. And that was it. eventually what led Tony to realize that the actual model of the Stark Expo was the blueprint for this new element. I don't know how he figured that out. Yeah, that's but, the thing we need the physicists for. Right. right. <laughs> um, but the key to the future is the science expo. If you think about that, that means that the key to our future is science. And it was kind of a, a worshiping of technology and science that that it will solve all of our problems, that it is the answer to all of the questions we have to ask. And it's a very unsubtle, you know, statement to that effect, that even for Stark, it's the science that saves his life. Now, that is a consistent worldview or consistent with the worldview mm-hmm. when you reject God. Right. Because if you reject God, then you have to accept naturalistic causes of mm-hmm. things. And if you accept a naturalistic universe, everything that we see is all that there is, and that everything can be explained by naturalistic processes, then your only option is that only we can affect our future by using technology, which mm-hmm. is Yes, like the new God to right. us really is that technology is being exalted as this can solve all of our problems. And I'm not saying that technology can't. Technology, operational, observational science can do incredible things. Right. But it's not dependent upon a theology. Right. It's just the accumulation of knowledge, the pursuit of study. It's, and we go back to Ecclesiastes too, and what Solomon discovered is that you can do all of this, but in the end, it's all vanity. It's mm-hmm. all chasing the wind. I mean, it, it only affects this existence, and it has no impact on what is beyond. The, the spiritual heart of man It has no impact on that whatsoever. And no matter what they do with technology, the people working with it are still going to die someday. Mm-hmm. Unless the Lord comes back before then, everyone is going to die. Right. That's the consequence of sin, death. So... Technology, yeah, it can enhance our life. It can extend our life, mm-hmm. but it can't permanently sustain our life and give us eternal life. Right. Or solve every single problem in the world or bring peace mm-hmm. to the world. Right. Because actually, the, when you realize that peace doesn't exist because of man's heart, sinful heart, because of sin, which is a spiritual condition which cannot be cured by technology. Mm-hmm. So you can um, basically treat the symptoms, but you can never cure the disease because right. the disease is a spiritual 
and the treatment is always physical. It's not spiritual. Yeah, so a way we could liken this is technology can give us security, Mm -hmm. but it can't give us peace. Right. Just like money can buy us pleasure, Mm -hmm. but it can't buy happiness. Happiness. Right. I think I need to cross-stitch that, put that somewhere. (laughs) The first one, that is, because I think the second one's already taken. Any other thoughts on Iron Man 2? No, I, it was a good movie. I'm glad we went to see it, and it's. I'm glad we got to, a chance to discuss it. And we hope we want to hear what everybody else has to say about it. Yes, so please share those thoughts with us. You can send those to us at areyoujustwatching.com. Call them in to 859-353-4332, or leave a comments on leave a comment <laughs> or comments on the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast slash IR7. That stands for Initial Reactions 7. And if you want to follow my randomness and insanities and other <laughs> cool links and helpful stuff, I'm tweeting about then you can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And I'm also on twitter.com slash E Franklin, but I will tell you, I don't tweet very often. Sorry, <laughs> folks. <laughs> yeah. And if, if you follow me, you'll find out announcements about the show and about when we're recording and what shows we're going to watch. So follow me, the ramen noodle, follow Eve, E Franklin, and then you'll get your complete goodness of everything. <laughs> you can still follow Are You Just Watching on Twitter, but I don't update that one nearly as much. And I've got more followers on the Ramen Noodle anyway, so I think <laughs> I'm just going to keep it there. And since I end up saying the same, same things thing. on mm-hmm. both, right. and since I know everyone who's following Are You Just Watching is following the Ramen Noodle, <laughs> it's a little bit spamish, I right. think, to say the same thing. And so... I'll just be merging those back into The Ramen Noodle. So follow The Ramen Noodle. And also check out my other podcast, theramennoodle.com, <laughs> for seasoning packets of comedy to flavor your day. So thank you for joining us. We hope that you have enjoyed our discussion and also have enjoyed the movie and have some thoughts of your own. Mm-hmm. Like we said, please share those thoughts with us. We would love to hear them. Also, check out, make sure you are subscribed to our website. We get a lot of people coming to our website from Google searches Mm -hmm. because not many people are out there doing what we do. And especially Twilight stuff. I've said this before. Your Twilight stuff gets (laughs) the most searches. And if you don't know what we're talking about, check it out. uh, (laughs) Are you just watching dot com? And we've... Eve has done a whole bunch of Twilight posts mm-hmm. on there that are really good, critical thinking about Twilight, this whole Twilight saga, and you've still got some more to post. I have one more that is in roughed in. I just have never managed to finish it out and get it posted. So if you're one of those lurkers from Google, <laughs> we want you to listen regularly. So you can subscribe. We've got lots of subscription options on the website at areyoujustwatching.com. And if you like the content we produce, you can also send us a donation or you can use our Amazon I can't talk today Amazon <laughs> affiliate code which you can easily get to just by going to areyoujustwatching.com slash Amazon and that will take you to the Amazon store where you can make your purchases just like you normally would and get all the great savings that you normally would but it helps us because it gives us a little bit of a 
affiliate promotion amount off of that. So it can help the show and help upgrade our equipment or help us to get to see some movies that our press passes don't cover, mm-hmm. like Iron Man 2, <laughs> which we had to buy tickets for. Oh, and tickets are getting so expensive. Even when you go to a matinee, it's crazy. They are. So subscribe so that you will get the part two of our discussion on Ice Age. You can go back in the history and listen to Batman Begins, one of our other superhero... Dark Knight. Yeah, that's right. Dark Knight. (laughs) One of our other superhero discussions. And also, I will tell you that coming up near the end of May or beginning of June, we will have an initial reactions to Prince of Persia. The Sands of Time. We already have it on our schedule. We're going to see that one. (laughs) I have the ticket right here in my hand. It it doesn't really make much noise. But I've played the video game for that. Mm -hmm. And it was a really fun video game. It had a really cool storyline to it. And you know, going beyond Prince of Persia, I, I want to even give you an even further away heads up. We will be podcasting on uh, Tron. Yes. Legacy when it comes out in December. And I, I, I say that because our very first podcast that we ever recorded together was a discussion on the movie Tron. Yeah. And it'll just be like coming full circle. When does Tron come out again? It's, it's early December. Okay. Before then, we will re-release that Tron mm-hmm. 1 discussion so people can hear it. And it'll be a little bit of history so people oh. can hear. <laughs> it was an episode we recorded before we started Mm-hmm. podcasting with are you just watching we did it for someone else but i think we've talked up enough and all of that in here so <laughs> it's time to head out for us but remember that you can subscribe to the show at are you just watching.com you can follow us on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle or slash eve franklin and in everything that you consider remember be reading your bible Continue thinking critically mm-hmm. and let us know when you find things out there that are of interest that you think we should talk about or just things that you've noticed in TV shows. Lost is ending soon, mm-hmm. so I'll no doubt want to mention something about that. But until we hear from you next time, thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at AnswersVBS.com. Find more great, clean podcasts like this one at CleanCasts.com.